the NES game Monster Party. Oh yeah, always the sure. NES game with, with. Yeah, sure. Why not? For sure. Is that the yeah. one that Suda worked on a little bit? I can't remember. Is that um, that really weird one? I think it, it is. It is pretty weird. It's pretty. I weird have game. it somewhere. Mm. Yeah, play the old Monster Party. Hey, Jonathan. Yo. At PAX Prime, I got a monster party for you. What's that mean? Um, wanking. <laughs> and boom goes the intro. Well, that's good then, but I think we might as well just get started. That's good. Yes. There's been something I've been wanting to tell you. I've been wanting to talk to you about something, Jonathan Holmes. It's really, there's not, how many other Jonathans do you know? <laughs> not many. No. Um, Alex, Alex knows someone called Jonathan. Mm. I don't know him. Uh, I know of John Lithgow. <laughs> He's a great actor. Raising Kane. It, Raising Kane is a fantastic film. Yeah, must watch. One of the best films ever made. Yeah, I think so too. Brian De Palma on the decline towards the end of his prestige period of his career. But still, uh, you know, deserves more respect, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How are you anyway, Jonathan? I don't know. Good. It's been yeah. really pretty wild at work. Uh, uh, good times, though. Good things happening. People... Yeah. Really loving me, believe it or not. Aww. But when I'm at work, other people will talk about how I am the shining light in their life and how they dream of me at night, and they just want to... It, it happens at work, too, as well as on Pod Toy. There's it's, a it's correlation. The, it's the John Fection. It's spreading. <laughs> you, are, you are a universal language. Never mind what they said in Transformers about Bar Wheat, Grana Wheat, Ninny Bomb. The universal greeting is Jonathan Holmes. Or sometimes just going, Poddoid? Um, but anyway, I've hmm. got a special message. I've been working on this all day for you. Really? Yeah. It's a special song that I wrote, all original lyrics for you, uh, to profess my love for you. This is already surprising. Why would you... What? You're, you don't love me. You like me a little. I mean, we're friends. It's not right. love. That's what you say now. But yeah. the song will convince you. And I think you will fall in love with me romantically. It'll be romantic love for the boys and girls. <clears throat> so I wrote this especially for you. <clears throat> life is like a hurricane here in Duck. Berg, race cars, lasers, and yes, an aeroplane. It's a duck blur. You might solve a mystery. Ba ba bow, or rewrite a little bit of history. Duck tales, woo woo. Jonathan, I want your chungus duck tales. Woo woo. Jonathan, I'm gonna lick you, Jonathan. Bum, 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 give me a chungus right behind you. There's a stranger gonna cut you. Jonathan, I want to strangle you. Jonathan, I love you. Thank you for that. Uh, that was the DuckTales theme song. <laughs> no, it 
wasn't. It was. It's good. Uh, I might. I I was inspired last night, naked, to write a song for you in my blood, on the floor of my bathroom. Um, and I thought it was all original. Maybe I was um, subconsciously inspired. But in my heart, that song was written from my soul to your head. Uh, from soul to head. It was word for word the DuckTales theme song. Very well sung with the addition of the... the... Well, I gave it a kind of big band, big beat, you know. Oh, yeah. Rat Pack style flavor to it. You can imagine trumpets and pianos and Sammy Davis Jr. You can. I did. You know, and, in, a, in uh, a smoky concert hall. Weirdly enough, I was talking to the guy who did the arrangement on the DuckTales remastered soundtrack. Uh, did he mention me as an inspiration? He didn't not mention you. Ah, uh, that's But he seemed to be someone whom you would get along with very well. I sent you that song you did. Yeah, yeah. Transformers suck my dick. <laughs> suck my fucking dick, I believe the lyrics in Transformers. Suck my fucking dick. That was that was a delight for the sense. Better make it quick. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Rhymes as well. He had just bought a new it. microphone and he didn't know how to test it. And uh, I don't know, we had been talking about how good the music was in the old Transformers show, not just the theme song, but the incidental music as well, and he's getting oh. all excited about it. He talked about how uh, he will record his dog licking his dog's balls. Uh, not to be confused with uh, his dog licking his balls, which then sounds like the dog is licking the man's balls. No. The dog will lick the dog's balls. He'll mic- uh, He'll put a microphone to it, record the yeah. sounds, and then use those sounds uh, he will charge money. Uh, he'll be paid by a video game developer to make sound effects, and he will use those sounds for explosions, for, you know, running through the grass. Dog ball lick. Brilliant. <laughs> I would love it if I, if I played the next Call of Duty. What is it? Call of Duty Ghosts. Uh-huh. And, like, they blow up the Eiffel Tower. And instead of a big... It's just... <laughs> just the Eiffel Tower's falling, just and they're going, oh fuck, the Eiffel Tower's falling. Stay frosty, Alpha Tango. And, and then it hits the ground with with just this. <laughs> He's probably done it in games you've played. I think he did the sound effects for Alien Infestation. He's been the sound guy for Way Forward since their first game. And he said, You've heard gun explosions that are just modified dog ball licks. Trust me. Every video game sound effect ever. Mario's jump, um, Sonic's jump noise, whoop, dog ball lick. Mario going down a pipe, clom, 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 dog ball lick. It could be. You know, the, the amount of. I will mystery. admit, I will mm-hmm. admit, I did once see a dog um, running its ass on the carpet, and with every scrape, it just went, da na na na. From Lesnar Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, we're going to be doing this again live oh, God. in less than a week. In like, what, five days? Too soon. It's a lot of potoid. It's uh, twice the work in a way. Yeah, well, uh, we will be at PAX 
this is actually being recorded the day before I fly out. I'm assuming you're flying out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've got my pre-travel anxiety all up in me. Um, I always get that way. Uh, so I'm having ever so slight bouts of panic about nothing in particular, nothing rational. Um, even paid for my own flight first class to reduce the amount of stress. And I'm still panicking, just pointlessly. Um, but this is true. We will be in Seattle uh, this time tomorrow. Um, and the, the story keeps changing on when and where uh, Podtoid will be recorded. But the last time I checked, uh, <laughs> and this is still subject to change, Sunday morning, 11 a.m., Myself, Jonathan Holmes, and Conrad Zimmerman, who's running a bit late here, will be with us. Um, we'll be at the Twitch TV booth at PAX Prime, uh, where we will record a live pod toy, which will be streamed, presumably, on Twitch. Huh. This is the first I've heard. Yeah. I didn't even know till I checked my schedule. Uh, and then just guessed <laughs> what I it really, was. I feel like, though, wasn't it... Just hours ago that they said we were doing it live before the party on Sunday. Yeah, at one point it was live at the Red Lion Saturday night. And then it was running concurrent with um, the the big Destructoid karaoke party Sunday evening. Um, but I see no mention of that in anything official. And the only Podtoid reference I've got in my schedule of events is this 11am live stream recording. I think that's something else. I remember them saying, oh, and you'll just be on Twitch for 20 minutes at one point. Well, I heard they were going to bring us out for 20 minutes at the end of the Twitch panel. Oh. But this is at a booth. Yeah, I heard that at a booth we will be talking for only 20 minutes about something. Right. But maybe not, too, also. Right. Yes. Um, At PAX... We will do some things. Confirmed. Yes. That's in the bank. The bank. Um, yeah. Uh, if you are going to PAX, um, first of all, hello. I assume you're listening to this on the plane ride to Seattle. Um, you know, we are the only way to fly. And if you just look out the window... You'll go past some clouds, and over there's cloud nine, which is what you're on, because you're listening to us, being all milky in your ears. Uh, Anyway, if you are coming to PAX, there are various places you can see us. You could just see us on the show floor, slumming about. Uh, You can see us Thursday, that's tomorrow night, and Destructoid's having a big get-together at the Gameworks the big sort of game-themed bar across the street from the convention centre for the annual meet-up. Uh, I'll be at the very least popping my head round the door. Um, so you'd see us there. Uh, Sunday morning at some point, there will be a live dist- pod toy thing happening somewhere. And uh, Sunday night uh, at a place, can't remember where... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> some place near the convention center um, just go on destructor.com to get the details uh, there is a karaoke party night which Jonathan Holmes will be hosting as Julius Caesar which is so close 
to something I'd suggest for fun on Podtoid. I haven't decided if I should shave all my body hair or just be hairy. He's Caesar. I don't know. What's, God, what's both he... of them are brilliant ideas. I uh, know. It's hard to win. Uh, gonna lose, for sure. <laughs> Nero pitched that whole idea to me. Well, it wasn't like that, actually. Now that I think about it. He just sent out an email, like, someone host this thing. It's an actual party funded by Sega, and you'll have to write jokes. And then everyone said, Holmes. And I was like, what? I can't write a joke. Are you? I can show up and just talk. And then Nero was like, take subtitles from uh, cartoons about Nintendo characters, translate it into English. Uh, I mean, translate it into Japanese and then translate it back into English, and those should be your jokes. <laughs> and it was just like Mario on top of a horse saying, like, wet rope, sorry, son. Like talking to the horse. <laughs> Nero, those can't be my jokes. And that was end of email chain. That, so, to I, me, is perfect. Just I, you, on a stage, dressed in a toga, saying, wet rope, son. Sorry, son. Sorry, wet rope, sorry, son. Just repeating that phrase over and over for three hours. Just stood in the toga, maybe, like, rotating. Just, like, spinning round. That's what might happen. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a joke writer. I've never wanted to do a comedy routine. I'll I, tell you what. I yeah. tell you what, if you get, if you run out of material, get nervous, or, or something goes wrong, give mm -hmm. me a nod, I'll run up there, and I'll give you a hand job. You can talk. I'll give, can, I'll, I can talk while I give you a hand job. You don't have to do any hand stuff. I could... do, because that's what the people will want to see. They, They'll go, lift your toga, Johnny! Da, 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 da. Lift your toga, Johnny! Da, 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 da. And you'll have to lift up your toga, and you're wearing, like, crotchless black uh, French lace um, panties. I'm not. With your hard penis poking out the crotchless bit where a lady's um, gentle garden would normally be. And I'll, I'll reach down, and I'll just jerk you off while screaming into the microphone. Not, nothing coherent, just screams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a. You just ruined my night. Uh, <laughs> because now, as soon as I start talking. What was it again, the chant? Uh, lift your toga, Johnny. Lift your toga. I'm da, da, sure. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to get a word in it twice at this point. Oh, there's there already are... talk for things. Ways to disrupt us. Really? Yeah. Do we want to repeat them? No. Or do we not want to encourage them? Uh, I say let, let it be. Let it be? Yeah. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Yeah, let it be. Lift your toga, Johnny. Let me see. I'm not going to wear cratchless panties. Cratchless. Cratchless. I don't want you to wear cratchless panties. I want you to wear cratchless panties. Just like Julius Caesar used to. <laughs> he did not. I don't know if they wore any underwear, those guys. Uh, I don't know what to wear under the toga. I haven't even seen the toga. What a strange company we work for. Wouldn't change it for the world. It's just my style that no one really knows when and what anyone is you know, doing. I well, I mean, no. obviously you'll be wearing the toga because um, 
Sega's putting up some of the money for the event. Yes, for the, Total um, War. Rome Total War. Um, which is why I actually wouldn't want to be personally hosting it myself. Because not a sponsor man, me. I'm, mm. I'm an anti-corporate rebel. True. I'm a left-wing comedian from the 80s. You know, demolish poll tax down with Thatcher. Right on, kids. Um, I'll certainly go and have a free drink if there are any. Um, and I will, of course, be leading the chant of Lift Your Toga Johnny, da 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 Let's see those crotchless panties, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, people, you know this. I'm not repeating anything you don't know, but uh, just so the listeners get the idea of the tenor of my mood and my thoughts as I enter the PAX floor. Who is going to try to hurt me? Uh, someone, for sure. I've already gotten some some emails, okay. um, some tweets. Uh, and I can't blame them. I am on a show. Podtoid is a show, I guess. And one of the selling points of the show is think about hurting a man. <laughs> you know, for sometimes like an hour. So it's going to attract people who are like, you know what I like doing? I love thinking about it. I love doing it. I love doing, thinking about it. I love thinking, doing about it. So they are already coming up with ways to maybe hurt me. So if you, if I don't know you in real life and you're just like, give me a hug at PAX, I will probably not. Nothing personal. I will do elbow to elbow contact. I will probably do fist bump. Uh, I may even do like a flying chest bump. But hug, I might not. That might be the last you see of me. You worry uh, that a knife will come out or just, and get you yeah, in the some back. Chloroform, but... someone will, uh, you know, spikes will, come, spikes will come out their body like Swamp Thing. <laughs> or Beetlejuice. He did that too. Beetlejuice did do it. Yeah, I love you Beetlejuice. You Beetlejuice on the show floor. Um... I have people always promising to give me wanks and things at uh, these events. Mm. Um, and I'm worried that the opposite will happen with me, that they won't do those things. That's my fear, that I'll go to PAX expecting a hand jibber and get none. And, and then I will have to do it myself. Because <laughs> it'll be a day on the pack show floor saying, well, now what am I supposed to do? I prepared. I prepared an erection for this. And now I've got to get rid of it. Now I've got to throw it away like so many disposable cameras. Yeah, and you throw it away by... By, by wanking. Oh, uh, on the show floor. On, on, <laughs> yeah, just, in the, just right up against, you know, the Sony booth. You know, I am. I've never heard of anything like that happening at PAX. It's strange. That is uh, true. You've never heard of any. No, like real damaged people have gone out there and just started wanking, or or not even a streak. I don't think we've ever had anyone streaking. I've heard of no public pooping, and as you probably know, um, there's some statistic that every big department store, Walmart, Target, whatever, um, an average of two poops are found. Human poops are found per day in those stores. Good God. Um, yeah, people just are like, I can, so I will. Poop <laughs> on this. I can poop on this, so I will. 
Don't let them catch me, guys. I did it! And then they leave, I guess. Uh, but I've never heard of somebody pa- uh, pooping on the packs floor yet. Yeah. Hopefully pooping on the packs floor. Everybody pooping on the packs floor. Is that to the tune of uh, Dancing in the Moonlight? Everybody's feeling warm and right? Yeah. To find a natural site? I'm pooping in my cosplay every day now. Poop is there. It smells. Every day poop is there. Every day poop is there and it smells. And that's the message. I want Podtoy to warn you about. Um, Pax is going to be fun. Mm. Um, I keep telling myself that. To get myself over the, the illogical travel anxiety. Yeah, it's stressful. I'm yeah. stressed about going. Um, but so many games have been announced. And so many people I like are going to be there. Uh, yourself included. That I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, I'm there for the people. I'm not really there to play games even. Because, um, as, as I've said before, I don't really do previews. I try not to do press. Um, there are a few appointments I've got um, oh, yeah? for video work. Oh. Um, you know, I'm going to be checking out XCOM Enemy Within. going to be checking out regular show and Adventure Time. Oh, cool. Uh, With uh, are the I don't think the Way Forward guys are there. Only James Montagna, who isn't on either of those games, is going, from what I know. Ah, well, I've so, got... Me and Tony Ponce can be doing some video work there. Hilariously, I've been put on Lightning Returns. Um, So that's happening. Uh, But if you like it, that'll mean so much more than if someone who just... Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, But I'm mostly there for the people who want to go into the... That wasn't even a sentence. That was just noises. Uh, Yeah, want to meet Destructoid readers and escapist uh, audience members. Mm. and hang out with some people, because it's been a while, because obviously I didn't do last packs, I didn't do E3. Um, so there are quite a few people in and out of the industry who I've not seen in years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to seeing Susan Arendt, who was with The Escapist, now at Joystick. Um, looking forward to seeing a number of community members who I've sort of gotten to know quite well. So that's going to be cool. Absolutely, yeah. I think I'm interviewing... Hideki Kamiya uh, about Wonderful 101, which will be a little awkward because the game is bombing. I've heard, yeah. At least, yeah. Um, And, you know, by Japanese standards, it's not bombing as hard as it could have, but it's it's certainly below expectations for a game that's been talked about for a couple years now and is from a pretty high-profile developer, and, of course, Nintendo's publishing it, and blah, blah, blah. So that'll be weird. I still haven't decided exactly what I want to ask him. I do want to ask him just like, what is life? Just stupid <laughs> short questions and see what he says because he's got quite a personality. And I think he'd rather do that than just the run-of-the-mill stuff. But um, it will be tempting to ask him things like if he cares how much his game sells as long as the people like it, if is he worried about the fact that the Wii U is floundering. He historically hates those kinds of questions, but I still think it's really interesting the way he answers them, so I'm still tempted to ask. Uh, and a lot of uh, great indie games are going to be there. I don't know if you've ever played Samurai Gun before, but that's going to be there, and I really recommend you check it out. It's um, 
it's like if Smash Brothers, it's kind of like a Smash Brothers mix with Dive Kick feeling. Hmm. You know, Dive Kick is so simple. You know everything you can do uh, in terms of button layout and combos and stuff within the first couple of seconds. But there's so much you can do with those limited tools that uh, the depth is there. That's how Samurai Gun is, except with little characters and four people running around a big, cool environment. Um, really, really fun game. It's been the talk of kind of the people who've played it, uh, and it's only been shown at really small events up until now. Uh, everyone rants about it, so you should definitely check that out. And Gravity Ghost, you should check out Gravity Ghost. Uh, it's a really fun game. Yeah, I've I, got, I mean, I've got a, a deal which I offered on Twitter today, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically where I, I don't really have that many appointments, mm-hmm. um, but I will be wandering around the show floor. Uh, mostly in a narcissistic desire to see how many people recognize me. Um, but the deal is, is uh, if you see me walk past and want me to look at your game, scream and yell at me, and I'll come over and look at your game. It's a system that worked well, I found, at the Screw Attack convention, where I had no appointments or, or was really there to work. But as I walked down into the indie area, there were people just saying, hey, Jim, come over and look. And I did. And that worked. So I'm going to do it again this year. Especially for the indie stuff, because obviously it is hard to take stock of everything that happens in the indie world. Mm -hmm. I found it a lot easier for if someone wants me to check out their game, I won't refuse them. They just got to yell at me loud enough for me to uh, be able to pick them out. Uh, So I will be... I, I always like that area of PAX anyway, the nice little indie area. Sure. Uh, so I will be down that way more than once, I think, over the course of the weekend. So if you see me, I know some people have already pre-ordered their yelling on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago. You know, people from Crazy Viking and, and whatnot telling me to come and, and see them. Um, taking a mental note of, of those kinds of people and will try and get around to seeing them. But if they see me first, just shout and scream and, and throw your poo. And I'll, I'll come over. Now they will. They wouldn't have before. It, it, you have so much power. If you say to someone, definitely penis upon first sight, just show me. It's well, not like, ha, ha, ha. They will do it now. Two years ago, I did say, if, at PAX, feel free to grab my wrist and force my hand onto your genitals. And that happened a few times. <laughs> uh, the first one to do it was Jay from Twisted Pixel. So it's not like it's just Podtoid listeners. It will be professionals as well um, who will do anything, I suggest, no matter how much it demeans both of us. Uh, Speaking of which, Uh and here's the fucking power, I have been harassed by mostly VidSermon, because obviously, um, Mm. but a few others on the Podtoid group have been demanding, because I made a joke a few weeks ago that... Podtoy267 would be called Fuck Dumps R Us, which I just pulled out of thin air for a joke. There are people like saying, no, no, it has to be that way now. Why? Why? Because it's in the Podtoy wiki for one. As soon as I said it, someone went over to the wiki and went, <laughs> And posted it in, Podte267, Fuck Dumps or Us. Which they even put the do- date on it. It's a new Podtoid episode to be released on 2013, 828. 
It will probably be hosted by Jim Sterling, Jonathan Holmes, and Conrad Zimmerman. All official. They put it in a fucking wiki. And because they're so desperate to make every dream come true, they are just demanding that this episode be called it. And it's not gonna be. Because I need to break people of their, you know, reliance on fantasy. What will you call it then? Duck Fumps are us? Like, almost right, but uh, just show them that the world is just a little bit worse than you told no, it to be? It, it will be whatever, you know, sounds the most pod toy titleish to me when we're done recording. Mm. So uh, it still could of, be fuck dumps. Could still be fuck dumps, but it won't be. Because, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. As yeah? Does that mean don't beat children? Give them... I think, according to the Bible, it means beat the shit out of your kids. Oh, do beat child. Yeah, if you if you spare the rod, the child will be spoiled. Oh, I always it. punish, <laughs> even when they've done something good. You got all A's, fantastic. Get me the bamboo stick. Oh, Bible, jeez. Yeah, um, I'm gonna stop recording right here for now. Oh, I'm gonna try and get Conrad in. Oh, is he um, here? I don't know, but he's been oh. so long. Okay. And it looks like he's around, I think. Um, so anyway, I will stop recording. So the listener, it's just going to be a little, you know, sudden, gone, we're here. But I'm stopping the recording now. Um, yeah, that's working. Still no Conrad. Mm-hmm. There is still no Conrad. So we've got the recording back on. And he might come back. He might never come back. He might have been eaten by a wolf. His email just said got lost. So I I can only assume he's like in a wooded, snowy forest with Liam Neeson being chased by wolves. It could be. In Oregon in the summer. <laughs> what was that uh, Trent text again? Just been haunted? Came back uh, haunted. Came back haunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that made me think of that, but it did. And while we weren't recording, you talked about great things. You said some things that were great. Sad that I guess we could try to revisit it. We were talking about Jessica Negri, how I am glad that she seems to like me just fine. I was worried after PAX East a couple years ago where there was some weirdness between her uh, representation of Juliet Starling and the WB and PAX and then me. It was weird, so I always thought maybe she would think I was trouble after that, but she was so nice when I saw her at E3 this year, and was like genuinely wanting to talk me up and see how I was doing, and I was like, gotta go soon. She's like, no, really, let's talk. Uh, Which is more than uh, She seems nice, and that she's always having fun. Yeah, she's fun, she likes everyone, and she uh, is comfortable being liked. Like, she knows, like I was saying, she's pretty sure... Or she's she's okay with it if everyone just wants to have sex with her because people come up to her constantly. And I'm okay with with the idea of everyone wanting to have sex with me. So yeah. in that way, I, I believe we're kindred spirits, soulmates. You are not everyone. I'm not comfortable with it. If I were her, and I've been trying to make you comfortable with it for years, comfortable with the idea of me entering you sublimely. Right. And you're not happy with that. But you should be more like me and Jess. I call her Jess. 
We we have barbecue. Trent Reznor's not invited. He sent um, me a, a text the other day. He, he said, did. "Yeah, he said yo yo yo. I wanna <laughs> I want, yo yo yo. I want a bit of that Pax Prime Rib." Oh no! Yeah, cheeky That's bastard. Terrible. I don't know. I can't tell, of course, whether he's invited himself to another run of my barbecues that I'm not having. Or if he wants to bum a free, you know, press ticket to PAX. I sent him a, a, a thing back, said, look, I'm not doing, I'm not getting press passes this year. I'm just there as a speaker. And then he just sent me another one that just said, PAX Prime Rib. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's trouble. <laughs> he's pretty charming, though. I mean, yeah. what a rascal. He's a yeah. Of our world, yeah. <laughs> Trent Reznor is Han Solo. <laughs> Definitely. That would oh. be good. Uh, you haven't, I haven't heard your comments on Ben Affleck, cast as Bruce Wayne in Batman. Ah, yeah. Speaking of casting, exciting. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously people were a bit upset because Ben Affleck um, went to the VMAs and twerked <laughs> and had his tongue hanging out um, while that other guy, Robin the Lich I think he's called um, dressed as Beetlejuice and said I got a bloodline, what rhymes with hug me? And then um, you know, Ben Affleck wearing a skin coloured bikini twerked That was upsetting to a lot of people. Yeah. They felt it was not good enough to be Bruce Wayne Yeah. They saw that and they said he can't play Bruce Wayne. How dare he be Batman how dare he follow in the footsteps of Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer? There's only one Batman, and it's Val Kilmer, the man who was the Bat. The once and future Bat, Val Kilmer. He's the future Bat, too? Yeah. It doesn't sound good, because he future Val Kilmer is troubling shape. Well, actually, know? what happens is anytime there's a Batman film, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer takes all his clothes off. Um, it's not it's not pleasant, but he takes all these clothes off and uh, gets on his knees in a pentagram drawn on the floor in goat's blood with a uh-huh. circle of candles around him. And he, like, holds his hands to his elegant breasts and starts rubbing them and smearing a poultice on his chest made of chewed leaves and hair of an innocent child and dust. <laughs> why, why? And he rubs it on while going <laughs> and he lifts his eyes up, does like what The Undertaker does where he lifts his eyes up so high they're just white. There's Val Kilmer just his eyes are white and he's rubbing this, you know, brown green sludge on his chest and belly because that is an ancient ritual um, to, to, to take his soul out of his body and it goes inside the next actor who plays Batman but only while you know they're filming so that ba- Val Kilmer is forever the Batman and whenever you see Christian Bale or George Clooney in their classic takes on the Batman legacy on screen, 
you're not looking. You're looking at their bodies, but not their souls, not their spirits, because it's Val Kilmer in there being the Batman and going, swear to me, I where is a Joker? Give me a punch in the face, Bane, and I'll punch you back. And then they shoot Bane. That's the end of that story. Yeah. I'm still surprised about that. And, and Bane just shot. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna punch your brain. I always gonna punch me, Batman. <laughs> Batman. Batman. <laughs> um. So that's what happens, and then all the while Val Kilmer's in the body of the actor over at Val Kilmer's trailer. Um. In Nebraska, there is you know the other actor inside his body. Oh wow! I just thought of that. naked, surrounded by candles and goat skulls. Val Kilmer's very occult, and they're just looking around and <laughs> and they scrabble up to their flappy feet and and waddle over to a mirror and hold it up and look in there and go, it's about Kilmer! They warned me! I didn't listen! He is the Batman! And they fall backwards. Went into the floor? Yeah. Or just forever? And they just fall suddenly. backwards. And, and meanwhile, over in Hollywood, Val Kilmer's got one hand on his hip and the other one flexing a muscle as the new Batman. And he just goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's I wish that were true. Uh, Val Kilmer is an occult son of a bitch. <laughs> he does deserve uh, to be in every movie. I do love him, even though he's bloated and it looks like it hurts. Well, I'm bloated and it looks like it hurts. It doesn't. You. So I should be Batman. That's you should be, yeah. So there's no reason why Val Kilmer can't still be Batman. <laughs> Even if he's got to possess the body of another actor to do it. It doesn't sound like you have any real trouble with Ben Affleck being Batman. And I don't give a fuck. It's not like the film's going to be good. I mean, it might be good, but, you know, Warner Brothers seem fucking desperate to try and have the same success the Marvel films have been having. Mm -hmm. They, um contrived Superman versus Batman to fucking have an Avengers analogue. And it seems so last minute. And they're casting people and the script's not been written and all this fucking shit. Ben Affleck's as good a choice as any for a shoehorn bullshit film. You know, it could be a choice between fucking Ben Affleck and freaking... I don't know. Another actor. (laughs) And and I wouldn't give a fuck. And he'll probably be all right, because you know what? Daredevil wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. Uh, And Ben Affleck, I've never thought, well, the reason this movie is bad is because of the way Ben Affleck is talking. He talks fine. Ben Affleck can be shoehorned into just about anything. Whoa, Conrad, you showed, you showed. I I did. I'm sorry I'm so late. I I was getting PAX stuff ready and i forgot about the show and then you know we're like oh an hour to the show's like oh shit i'll go run my errands and then of course i go run my errands and i get lost because i don't drive anywhere in this goddamn city i see we were trying to wonder what where you were lost whether you were at seattle already or whether you know i made it halfway to salem which is the complete opposite direction of where i'm going tomorrow (laughs) ah (laughs) it was bad it was really bad 
But I'm yeah, glad no, you're I... here, and you're coming in actually didn't stop the recording, which is excellent. We just oh, slid right in. And yeah, we've already had a lovely like discussion. You know, we talked about Jessica Negri, mm. who I can't ever meet because I'd be too ashamed and guilty. And Why would you be ashamed? Jonathan's going to lift up his toga when he's Julius Caesar and show us his crotchless panties. Uh, I sung um, a song for Jonathan, which he claims is the DuckTales theme, but I wrote it myself. Uh, And I think that brings us up to speed. There's really just been a whole lot that I missed out on. It's not been... Actually, we you know, it's all been drivel. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Slow pace drivel. Yeah, it's not like, you know, you've come in... You know, halfway yeah. through season three of Lost. Well, well, uh, well going back to uh, um, Affleck. Yeah, that's where we're at now. So you've come at just the right moment. Just the right time for Affleck. He he is like uh, he's like modeling clay in a way. <laughs> like there's so. like you know, I mean, it's not that he disappears into a role. It's just that the man seems so bland most of the time that it's perfectly believable that the sort of bland guy he's playing is him and i tell you what this isn't to insult the character but that's kind of what you want and expect from batman absolutely whose character you know his defining trait is stoic mm-hmm. you know and and his role as daredevil in the film daredevil i mean you paint that costume black and you'd have a, a serviceable batman film <laughs> it's fine. You just but, you just pretend Michael Clark Duncan is is the Joker in a smart suit. Lex Luthor. That's your kind of, film. He's sort of a strong Lex Luthor in that, and that's be. who's rumored to be the villain in wow. Batman vs yeah. Superman, as played by Brian Cranston. Cranston. Yeah, internet favorite Brian Cranston. Cranston could make a good Luthor. You you do do well, I think I think uh, Affleck could make a pretty solid Batman, all things considered. I mean, uh, he has a little bit of funny charm, which was the best part of Keaton. Mm. Even though, I mean, Keaton's the best Batman. I'm sorry, Keaton's the best Batman. I think so too. You know, he he uh, careful. He managed to get the blend of careless playboy and serious uh, Avenger. To marry uh, in a way that none of the the Batman since I think have succeeded in. Affleck could probably pull that off. Well, that it just really me, comes down to how it's written. To me, mm. it's more important that you nail Wayne than Batman because Batman's character isn't much of a character character, you know. Right. It's where you're going to be Bruce Wayne that you have to have a bit more inflection and emotion and you know a range of tone. And and Bale did that well, but his Batman was so annoying. It was, yeah, it was a bit... <laughs> I believe it. The director could have told him to stop, but I didn't. <laughs> That's every line from Batman that I've just done. Um, but I think Bruce Wayne is where it's at. And, and, and you know, having seen Affleck act in films... Just to let you know the uh, kind of knowledge and research I'm bringing to the table. Uh, he could do that all right. But I do think a lot of people's problem with it is it's kind of like when a little kid is told that the guy in the Santa Claus costume is their dad. It's like, no! Santa is over here and dad is over here. They're two separate people! They can get... I don't know if you've seen kids act like that, but they can get very serious when they find out that their dad is Santa Claus. And they want Ben Affleck to be in one corner of their brains 
as a real guy. And Batman, to them, feels like a real guy that can only be played by an actor who they don't already have associations with. Which is why if Conrad is right, that he is just moldable clay in people's minds, they should be thrilled. He's just random man with jaw and can talk as Batman. That should be perfect. Yeah. But, uh, I think a lot of people do think of him just as that goodwill hunting guy or as Daredevil. And you can't have Daredevil and Batman be the same guy. Eh, you know, that sort of thing. It causes panic in their minds and anger. I mean, it's just... I honestly think Warner Brothers are going to panic and fuck up their whole DC properties anyway, as far as movies go. Uh, so I, I honestly don't care. I, I mean, I'll probably I haven't watched Man of Steel yet. Um, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I know. I'd have given of. more of a fuck if you know they'd have properly given us a lead into Batman versus Superman the way Marvel, in my opinion rather expertly started creating the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. I think they did fucking brilliantly in tying those films together and making that cohesive narrative that led to the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, And to see Warner Brothers so ham-fistedly try and contrive that and basically give us, you know, the Medal of Honor to... the Medal of Honor Warfighter to (laughs) Activision's Call of Duty. And that's basically what we're looking at in game terms. I, I... don't give a fuck. You could bring back fucking Adam West for all I care. Bring back Adam West, the 96-year-old man, or however old he is now. Slap on a skin-tight latex Batman costume with bat nipples and call it a fucking day. And that's what the film's called. It's just called, we put nipples on Batman again and called it a fucking day versus Superman. <laughs> it's funny. Ham-fisting is exactly... What Nintendo is being accused of with the 2DS. They called it a 2DS. It's so a 2DS! People... That's my jingle. I'm hoping to sell it to Nintendo. It's got its two-dimensional screens, I think is what 2DS means. It's not that it has 2D screens, because that's a known thing. Because it's dual screen. Yeah. Weird naming, weird... But uh... it's not two screens. It's apparently one screen. I thought it, I thought it was two screens, one it's, unfolding I, flap. There's I, I think I I read on uh, um where was it I, one of the, oh god it's one display it's one you know that's LCD display splits. that's framed Whoa. by the device. That makes sense. Well, let's it have a look. Really, one screen. I'm looking at it now. Introducing the newest member of the 2DS family. I mean, I'm watching the video. Oh, like it's, it's, it's meeting you know, the 2DS. Like one big screen that serves the function of both screens, I guess, as a cost-saving measure. And which is kind of interesting. I'm looking mm-hmm. at two screens on this. Right, right. But is it? Are they actually two independent displays, or is it one display that the casing? Yeah, like divide. if you drew a line across your TV and we're like, two screens now, see? Bottom it's and top. It's hell. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. That's that's the idea. That's what you want. If it is only one screen, who the hell cares? As long as it still serves all of the functions of the existing two-screen uh, two setup that they have. Sure. And the price um, is, what, 129 Yeah, 130 bucks. That's, I'm, as a 3DS owner, I'm pissed off. 
<laughs> like I'm not really pissed off because that's the way this this stuff always inevitably goes. But like I look at the 2DS and I think to myself, "Fuck, that's the device I wanted." I don't give a shit about the 3D. Uh, the fold, the, the fact that it doesn't fold isn't great, but as long as it still fits flat in my pocket, I'm going to be okay with that. I don't know if it'll. It's pretty big too. It's uh, I think a little bit larger than the XL. So I think the idea of p putting it in your pocket. It's like they really want to trick us into thinking they make tablets now. I wonder. Uh, Reggie did come out and say that it's targeting the five and six year old market. Well, it certainly looks like it is. Yeah, it looks like those. Um, pretend you got a tablet, kids. Yeah, that's what it is. Like yeah, that. like baby's first iPad. Mm-hmm. It uh, looks like uh, that, and yeah. those sell. So maybe uh, they they've come right out and said it's not even remotely trying to replace the 3DS, and the 3DS is the most popular console selling right now, so it's not like they need something else to um, compensate for the 3DS not doing well. They want the 3DS to continue to sell as it is to the people who are buying it, and sell this to five-year-olds. Here's the thing, I mean, if I was so put off by the added price, I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea, the core of it, the idea of selling a 3DS without the 3D, I think that's a smart little move. Their execution leaves me a bit cold. Um, I certainly wouldn't really imagine myself using this thing if I didn't already have a 3DS and I was trying to choose between the two. Um, I like the clamshell design of the 3DS and I like, you know, having something I can put in my pocket and and whatnot. Um, And this thing just looks not like a thing I want to play with. Uh, I'm not uh, angry it exists. Oh, sure. I just... I'm not interested in it. It's interesting that so many people... Uh, for me, it's been interesting to see people have so many things get in the way of just like, oh, it plays video games I like? Great. Like, There's been so many feelings around uh, the shape of it, the look of it, the color of it. Uh, whereas for me, it was just, oh, people who wouldn't have played Pokemon XY will now play it because they can afford well, I think, this, and that's good. I think there are important factors to consider with the physical look of a system. I mean, you know, I love the PS Vita, but it's it's a difficult system to take around with you. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult system sometimes to even play. I mean, I've been playing with um, an NVIDIA Shield this week, one turned up. And having played a first-person shooter on the NVIDIA Shield makes me really wish the PS Vita actually had some of this design NVIDIA's put in this thing. Mm. Um, You know, I might talk a little bit more about the the Shield later in the show, but I'm loving this fucking thing. Uh, And a big part of it is the physical design of it. Um, And a big part of what I like about the 3DS XL was the design of it. And I... The XL, the 3DS XL is something I wish they'd have had at launch mm-hmm. because it is, to me, such an improvement in terms of comfort and, and, and um, you know, seeing things on the screen and whatnot. So, you know, I think form factor's a big part of it, and I'm not surprised that people do care about, you know, how this thing looks and, and everything, especially if you want to use it as a portable system and want to take it out and you've just got this chunky, trust, Tomy, Playmobil brick. 
<laughs> but if that were the case, like you said, you just get a 3DS, and they're still pretty cheap, too. So the fact that people just had such emotional reactions to a product that if they have a 3DS already... Uh, I wasn't seeing any emotional reactions from people saying, I've been waiting for a 2DS, and then they come out with one that looks like this. It's just been like, eh, I already got a 3DS, but eh, don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I certainly don't get the um, anger it's causing. It's it's like if you have it's a 3DS, like yeah, it's, it's like not the, taking uh, it away. Sure. Um, just like yeah, and uh, this is coming from someone who... D- I don't like the design of it. I really don't. Uh, and I think the 2DS is, is a potential shooting in, of the foot in terms of branding. Because, um, you know, it regardless of what we know about the system, putting out a 2DS after a 3DS does have a negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. It makes it sound inferior, even if it isn't. Um you know, it's, it does seem like a bit of weird. But in threat. a way, that also could play as the advantage when looking at it from the perspective of, you know, so and so's little little Tommy's first game console. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because then it seems like it's a step back. It's not the cutting edge. It's the the lower end unit that you get for the child. So I could see that working out okay. Maybe it, it also makes a 3DS look better, I guess, by comparison. And people are like, ah, oh, I'm not getting that crappy old 2DS my little brother has. Getting the hot 3DS playing Pokemon like It's one of those things where, you know, because we're paying such close attention, that that's the sort of thing that we'd be like, haha. But to someone who's not paying any attention up to this point or knows relatively little about it, it, it would do no harm whatsoever, I wouldn't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things we're going to have to see, you know, we're going to have to see it in action before we can really see how well that's going to work out for them. Um, I mean, it's still to me just... I don't know. It, like I said, just bottom line, I'm not that interested in it. I've got a 3DS. I love my 3DS. I certainly wouldn't ditch my 3DS for this. But then again, I'm also one of the very rare people who can stand to have the 3D function on for more than 45% of the time. So, you know, I actually don't mind the 3D stuff. Yeah, I like it too a lot of the time. I was with you until you said percent at the time. I thought you were going to stop at seconds. Which <laughs> <laughs> is about how long I stand to have it on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's never a deal breaker or maker for me. But no. I, I enjoy it that it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't care that, you know, time and energy is being put into it. Because I'm sure there's a group of people out there that really do appreciate it. But I am certainly not the target for that. Which is okay. Yeah. yeah, you can just turn it off. You know. What else happened, video game news? don't know. Well, as I said, I've got this NVIDIA Shield. Oh, talk this about that. What is um, it? This is NVIDIA's attempt at a handheld. It is basically a big, f- flat Xbox. Like, it's, it's as big as an original Xbox controller with a little clamshell top, and you lift that up. And then it's got a screen on top. There's something very sort of 90s about it. It feels very Game Gear-ish or Atari... Jag- no, what was that one that the... Uh, the Atari Lynx? Lynx, yeah. I there's something... Them. like It's a big thing. Um, but still big enough... Like, small enough to take out. 
Um, I actually, I'm glad it got here because I, I said to Nvidia, I'm like, I'm flying to PAX. I've got several hours in the air of nothing. Plenty of good time to check this thing out. So they sent one over. Um, powered by Android, so it's got it plays Android games mostly, and um, can also stream PC games from Steam. So I could run a Steam game on my computer and then stream it to this thing and then go and do a poo and play Elder Scrolls. Whoa. Uh, so that's interesting. I've not tried that yet because I need to install a, a better router because uh, it needs a, a pretty top-notch router, wire, wireless router to do that, which I've got. I just need to install it after PAX. Um, but I honestly really fucking like this thing. Like, it's such a niche product, and it's so luxury item, because it's like 300 bucks. But then again, when you consider, like, I mean, how much did the PS Vita retail for originally? 250 And when you factor in the fact that you need one of their proprietary memory cards, you just do. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it's, a, it's more or less comparable in price. Um, and as a system, I love it really have been enjoying it it's got i mean it's a proper controller in here like it's got rubber grips at the back and two proper analog sticks not little dinky ones it's like they're deep set in so you've got proper analog sticks and a nice d-pad and buttons and all this stuff and plays android games you know in itself i've been playing some grand theft auto vice city with the analog sticks and the buttons rather than a touchscreen virtual buttons and stuff Great fun. Um, only issue is it needs... I think it needs a... It's going to need a lot more games. You know, it can theoretically play any game on the Google Play Android market, mm-hmm. but, you know, to really take advantage of it, because the, sc- the it's got multi-touch on the screen, but it's it's a small little flip-top thing, so it's really not optimal to do that. It's You know, you, you want games that use the analog sticks and the D-pad and the buttons, but those ones it has. You know, I've been playing Sonic and... Um, Grand Theft Auto and uh, a first person shooter called Dead Trigger which isn't that great as a game but as a handheld first person shooter, I mean this thing's got proper triggers and bumpers on the top so I'm pl- it's fully equipped to play a first person shooter properly not even the Vita does that and you know I really like Killzone sh- uh, Mercenary but not even the Vita does a first person shooter as well as the Shield thing does um so yeah, I've been really quite taken with this thing. I just it it needs a bit more support, and obviously it's it's very much on the luxury end. But so far, I, this is awesome. Sounds pretty great. They just sent you one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to review it and stuff. Oh, neat. Um, but I've been so pleased with it. I wanted to just sort of talk about it for a bit because it is good. Just yeah. dicking around with it now. Um, yeah. So I'll be bringing that with me to Seattle anyway. Give me something to do on the plane. Did you get Killer is Dead too? Uh, I've been playing some Killer is Dead. How do you like it? No, sir, I don't like it. Oh no, what they do? I'm a fan of pseudo games, as you know. Oh sure. I'm a Grasshopper fan. Yeah. Uh, but that one, no. It's like Grasshopper got drunk off its own grasshopperness. <laughs> it's like we are Grasshopper. What we do is awesome. Let's do that, but the most that we've ever done, and the result is just. You know, it's it's all of the, you know, classic grasshopper traits taken up to 
a, a, an ex a level so extreme it becomes not fun. Whoa. So it's like, let's have a weird and wacky story. But that's turned up so much, it's just an in you know impregnable mess that makes no sense on such a level that it comes off as smug and irritating. Uh. With, with wacky characters that are just so badly acted, they're here hideous. Mika, or whatever her name is, is just... I, I, she the little sidekick or something? Yeah, yeah. My soul slit its own throat when she was on screen. I could feel my soul bleeding inside of myself. Um, the gameplay is the same. It's like, oh, look, we do weird little mini-games in our stuff. Let's turn those up to the point where they are the most pointless and the most long-winded and the most obnoxious things we can. Um, you know, let's have... Uh, we always have f odd combat systems that don't really make sense in the context of the game's world. Let's do that so much to the point where it is just utterly meaningless and feels like we're treading water and wasting the player's time. Um, it's basically that. It's, it's every single generally likable trait of a Grasshopper game twisted into something, um, you know, distressing. Sounds like too much cheese on the pizza. Sounds like a like a three inch cheese pizza. Yeah, it's, so it's something cheese. that's just you know just so much garnish that it's it's become awful to mm. taste. Um, so no, I'm not a fan of it. I'm sorry. I, I did you buy it yet? I'm gonna go buy it tonight. Just uh, hit stores. Are you today. sure? Oh yeah, I can. Yeah, I've got buy. a copy, uh, and I don't want it in my house. That's very nice of you. I can uh, bring it. The first run comes with that art book and stuff, and it doesn't cost anything additional. Bring it to PAX anyway. I'll take it if Jonathan doesn't, because I'm very curious, but I don't want to have to spend any money yeah. on it. Yeah, oh, I'll bring it. Yeah, uh, one of you can have it. Um, yeah, because I, you know, I mean, I guess I could trade it in or just kick it in a ravine. But, <laughs> you know. I don't know. You know, the, the store I ordered it from never called me, and they were kind of like, we think we're getting this in. So maybe it never even came. Uh, I was, it was supposed to come today. I was going to go buy it after the show. Uh, but if it didn't come, I will take it because I do want to play it. I liked what I played at E3. Okay, well, Killed I'll toss it in ninjas. my suitcase. And, and uh, I get dibs, Conrad, and you get second dibs. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, whatever. I'll rent it or something if it, if it comes down to it. I'm just, yeah, like I said, I'm curious. But uh, I haven't been that into a Suda game since, um, oh, God. Killer 7? I don't know. Yeah, you did, maybe you know No More Heroes too. I know. Uh, uh, you know what? I liked I liked No More Heroes one. I think that's the last Suda game that I was really all about. Mm -hmm. um, Lollipop Chainsaw was really interesting until I started playing it, and then I got bored with that pretty huh. quickly. Um, I thought that uh, um, what was it? Uh, Shadows of the Damned. Thank you. Yeah, Shadows of the Damned. That that I I kept wanting to laugh at that. I think it did. The, you know, I mean, I like a good dick joke. It's just dick joke after dick joke after dick joke after dick joke. And, and you know, every once in a while, you, the balls deserve some attention. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not enough scrotum joke. That's not quite what I meant, but you get the idea. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Uh, show me a little love somewhere else. I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, just in general, not specific. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was all right. I didn't finish it though. You know, none of the Suda games have compelled me enough to complete them. 
since No More Heroes. Mm. And then that No More Heroes port for PS3 came out, and that wasn't great. Well, there were some bugs. There was some touch a wall, then you are in that wall until you reset the game bugs, which are pretty disappointing, especially when you're going up to a more powerful console. But yeah, a lot of people have been saying that. They feel like Grasshopper is kind of sedatingly mundane. And you, well, you've played them one, you've played them all. There was a novelty initially, but uh, that novelty is quickly worn off. Sort of the way people talked about motion controls. You know, So many people legitimately thought they were going to love motion controls for forever. And then by the third year of the same kind of mechanics and the same kind of replacing a button to swing a sword, they were out. And uh, for whatever, it's very different because it's not about the way the game's controlled, but just the aesthetic and the feel and the the way of making mistakes and the way of uh, prioritizing things that happen in gra- uh, Grasshopper games seems to have bored a lot of people. So, But the, they've stayed true to who they are. That's the kind of game they make. And maybe they're just not going to be that popular. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. That game's also kind of bombing, just like the wonderful 101, uh, at least for well, how I it's... I mean, this is... Because normally, you know, Grasshopper games at least find... Um, they find themselves to be the darlings of a certain set of critics. Mm-hmm. It's like, it'll their games will get low scores, but normally an equal number of high scores. True. But with Killer is Dead, it looks... it's the most it's almost like there's a lot of damning with faint praise going on mm-hmm. where the best a lot of people have to say about it is yeah i guess it's okay i and mean I, I, I haven't played it enough to to speak to it so i can't be sure but i get the feeling that if killer is dead had come out years ago before people were in grasshopper fatigue it maybe wouldn't hit them in that way i don't know maybe i don't know i mean it just i don't think Killer is Dead would have happened a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it get, I get this sense that gr- with this one, Grasshopper tried too hard to be Grasshopper. Mm-hmm. That's just the sense it gives me. Like, everything in it feels cynical. Huh. Like, it's happening because this is what's expected of us. We are Grasshopper. We do this. I, I took it to be because Suda intentionally or unintentionally tends to make his characters a little bit autobiographical. And this one's about a vampire man who... It's his job now to to do this. Unlike Travis Touchdown, he really did it because he wanted women and he wanted to get out there and adventure and he, he was had a real passion to it. And even, you know, characters since then, there was... Uh, I talked to him actually about how when he was on tour with Lollipop Chainsaw, I felt like he was like the captain of the cheerleaders and everyone was getting his autograph and wanting to get his picture taken with him and he giggled. And it's like, I guess I was. It's pretty cute. But uh, Killer's dead from what I know of Bondo Zappa. He's just like, yep, this is my job. I kill the guys. Kind of going through the motions himself, kind of dispassionately about it. Maybe that's where Grasshopper is with making this kind of game. I'd, I'd hate to think that they've lost their passion for it, but... That's what I'm hearing from people. So maybe. I wonder what Pod Toy listeners think of how often I end a sentence with, just like <laughs> I do it a lot. I don't mean to. I think but after I, yeah. I think there is some of the more intelligent stuff we say. <laughs> just noises and 
sighing resignation. Have you guys played that uh, wonderful 101? That's uh, you just gave me that code, Jim. I'm excited to play it, but it took so long to download, and I fell asleep. I haven't got a chance to play it much yet. I played the demo. Mm-hmm. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah. So we won't go over that again. Yeah. I'm curious about that. I'm hoping but, that turned out well. Yeah, I mean that's not selling well from what I've heard, is it? In Japan, bad. Uh, Europe, even worse. I no. Um, I never thought a game with small, big-headed, little-body characters on screen doing something in, in relatively small environments, just kind of walking from enemy to enemy and then just killing them, uh, was ever going to catch on. I, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I was surprised it got as much E3 time as it ever got, in that mm-hmm. it got some E3 time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think that yeah. Nintendo publishing it and people loving Kamiya's games and just people want to like it and talk about it, especially in the press, but it has no marketable traits really, or very few. I think. I think so too. I mean, it's, it had, uh, it had my attention, but never enough to make me salivate and say, I must have this game. Mm -hmm. And when I played the demo, it was okay. But, again, didn't make me say, I will rush out and buy this. Even mm. as someone who is relatively desperate to have excuses to play his Wii U, mm. uh, I that, won't be picking this one up. I don't think. That it is not succeeding in Japan, I think, is a pretty clear signal that it's not going to do well out anywhere else. Like, yeah, I, that, I, that game just it reeks of... Um, Japanese kids show. A old Japanese kids show. Like what I'm hearing from people who live in Japan, they're like, yeah, it's like some old guy made a show like he liked in the seventies and Kamiya is even exactly. done. And they don't, they're into attack on Titan and you know, uh, Hatsune Miku. They don't care about old senpai shows. Uh, the video game playing public in Japan. They don't, they don't have a, a strong feeling about that, especially one with a hundred characters on screen. Like that game, just it's not the kind of game you can look at it and be like, "Oh, I'm sure that's fun." Like you really and have to play it and get how. I to think play that's it. the problem. I expect yeah. it would be an even harder sell here. Yep, where the there's not even that. There's no cultural of... touchstone for it. There's no basis. Uh, I mean, we know that these kinds of things exist, but uh, you know, we don't have any tradition of them. No, I mean, Other the closest, yeah, yeah. And right. to, and really, that's <laughs> to really get us sold on that kind of thing has to be a very blatant parody of Power Rangers explicitly. Mm-hmm. Anything else, any of the other senpai type stuff, people out here just aren't going to care. Mm-hmm. Um, and even more than that, just the gameplay itself, It's when you look at it, you don't get that good a handle of what it's all about. When you play the demo you don't get a good handle of what it's about. <laughs> you know, it's, Boy, is that game not disorienting when you first fire up that demo and you're trying to figure out what the fuck you're doing with all these people? Yeah, and you can't. it's not like you can even stop and get your bearings because it just throws you in and says, fuck you! Yep. Um, and once I got my bearings, I was like, you know what? This is a lot more simple than it pretends to be. It really is, yeah. I, like, you know, there's, a, there's some... There's some, there's a complexity to I guess like managing multiple of the you know super forms, 
Yeah, I think you know, having your works. having your group large enough that you can send off one guy that's a gun and one guy that's a weapon, then control your own sword independently. Um, and there's a then, launcher combo system and juggles. Like there, it's interesting. It looks really complicated. Then it seems too simple. And then actually, when you take that simplicity deeper, you can find a bunch of stuff. But who wants to? Like these days, for sixty dollars, people want to like immediately know why it's going to be worth their money over all the other games that are out all the time, and then maybe they'll buy it. But uh, I don't even know that after a little while playing it, it's fair to know whether or not your money was well spent. And it's been weird. The developer uh, uh, Hideki Kamiya has said, "When you first play my game, you won't know what's going on. You'll feel terrible. But after you play it for a couple of hours," It'll start to click a little bit. And then after you replay it, after beating it, then you'll get it. And I'm just like, uh, you should have taught them what was good about it within the first 10 seconds. Yeah. Yo. Yo. Oh, I mean, Beautiful Joe, I don't know if you guys like that game, but it did a great job of teaching you why to use those mechanics and just made them fun without even knowing how to use them uh, properly. It's just fun to slow down time and speed up time right away. Uh, I still think that's his best game. And uh, since then, his, his output with Platinum, there's usually a really deep system, but see, they don't get around to teaching it to you, so you, you might miss it unless you put in extra time and effort, which, you know, when you go to college, you don't want to have to teach yourself the class. You want the teacher to... It's what you paid for, somebody to teach you what you want to be taught. Um, well, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with a game that throws you in and just says deal with it. But a smartly designed game will still be intuitive enough to l- let you figure it out on your own. Whereas this game just seems to just toss you up against a brick wall and just smashes your head into the brick wall until you learn to like it. Uh, and that, you know... I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, of Payday 2, as we've said before. And the Payday games don't really give you much in the way of tutorial. They mm-hmm. just throw you in and say, rob the fuck out of that bank, mate. And you go in there and rob the fuck out of the bank. But, you know, it clicks with you fairly quickly. Well, uh, stop me if I'm wrong, but in that game, most of the mechanics, it's not like a teaching you how to do complex mechanics. It's more like, how do you get... Your goals met. Like, what decisions do you make? As far exactly, as you know? yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you hit the ground running, but it at least understands you know how to run, right? You know, before it throws you out of the moving vehicle. Um, whereas this game introduces, like, it throws just so many fresh concepts at you, or takes old concepts and dresses them up in new finery, to where it tricks you into overthinking certain things. Mm, I think mm. that was my problem that I had with the demo at first, was I was overthinking it. And and then I had to sort of simplify my mind a bit more to get into it. Um, and that just doesn't reek to me of a, of a recipe for success. You know, I don't yeah. need my hand held. I don't even like tutorials that much. You know, I'd rather be shown contextually in in-game how I'm playing. But this one just, there's no middle ground. Well, that's what his games, that's what Beautiful Joe, anyway, specifically did so well. You felt like you were learning organically. You didn't even realize you were learning uh, until you were doing it. It, Mm. it, That's why it's one of my favorite games, is it, like any good teacher, uh, it makes you have fun 
and lose uh, sight of the fact that you're being taught while you're doing it because the experience is just so uh, vivid and, and feels real and feels like it's worth doing. Uh, you don't feel like you're wasting your time or being preached to. But with and people said this of Metal Gear Rising too is just kind of like figure out what's fun about this on your own. Uh, if you do what comes naturally to you, you won't have that much fun. But you find you dig in this and find the fun. We're not going to teach you how to have fun with it. And uh, some people did, and some people didn't. Uh, Vanquish. A lot of people said that about Vanquish as well. You can play it just like uh, I walked there, I shot the guys, I dashed game or you can get into all the deep nuances but the the game won't ever show you what those nuances are you have to discover them yourself which um isn't that good i don't think yeah hopefully i love it i'm still gonna play it i'm excited to see what happens yeah i mean it looks like a fun funny game it just doesn't yeah. seem like one that's built to succeed at all <laughs> yeah that's too bad right i yeah. wish it would succeed if it's good uh, but I have to go pretty soon, guys. It's later than usual. Oh, yeah. It's real bad for Conrad. He barely got any fun out of us. Oh, no, that's okay. This was plenty fun. Lord knows. I'm, I mean, I'm still in no way prepared for PAX, so I, I have to pack, and we're driving up uh, in, like, 16 hours, so. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. soon. I'll fine. do the questions, though. People are excited about Podtoid questions. There were some asked before the show, but I really... If I start answering those guys, it's real trouble. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to get people into bad habits. Yeah, there's so many bad habits already. Uh, somebody talking about something. Well, Toby has one. Uh, he did ask early, but I'll, I'll let it go this one time. Toby Carlson asks, I know you dislike early Pottoid questions, but I need to nap, and I wanted to ask, how is Conrad's text adventure coming along? Are you doing a text adventure, Conrad? Uh, I am kicking around a text adventure. I haven't really made any progress on it in um, a couple of months. Uh, but every once in a while, it like, pops into my head, and I'll write another little segment of it or figure out how a puzzle is going to come together and just sort of gets filed away. And I'm hoping that it can be like written sometime by you know the end of next year at the rate that I'm going. But, uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that that will get done. It's tough but, with all the work, time-sensitive work you're constantly doing. Right. Squeeze that in, I'm sure. But I'm well, glad and, you're working And on I've it. got like half a dozen competing ideas for other projects, too, that you know are sort of long-term things that I'd really like to do. And so I'll think about those for a week, and then the other idea will come in, and I'll think about that for a week and you know, make little bits of progress on everything that I'm doing until eventually one of them gets so far along that I have no choice but to finish it. I look forward to that. I believe that your work ethic will shine through in the end, as it always has, as long as I've known you. Uh, so questions came in. Gareth Boyle, who is So Many Biscuits, he has a Willem Dafoe Twitter avatar that's strong but scary. He asks, would Destructoid ever do a top 100 games of all time list? Also, not safe for work, Podtoid Facebook group. I guess we did do a Not Safe for Work Podtoid Facebook group. I've never been there, but I've heard it's covered in fluid and buttholes. So Yeah, I was enjoy. I was signed up to it for a while and had to quietly leave. <laughs> it's funny. I've got a career to think about. Oh, well, that's true, too. Maybe you could do it under an assumed name or something. But these... 
for the most part, from what I'm told, the Facebook group is largely inspired by you. They take your uh, the feeling they get from you, Jim, and want to up the ante. They try to take it up a notch. Uh, I don't think they're taking the Conrad or me feelings that much and trying to up the ante with those. It's mostly stained and and maybe maybe got poop. I don't know. Does it? Might it? Be poop. They might got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but would we ever do a top 100 games of all time list? I don't think so. I don't think we'd ever do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the closest we got was when Chad was sort of running features for us. We did, like, a top 100 of the decade. Yeah, which was good. That was cool. Mm-hmm. What was that? Did Shadow of the Colossus won that, I think? I think so. And then you wrote an article shortly after that saying, like, I'm sorry, I don't like Shadow of the Colossus, guys. Yeah. Which yeah. is good, too. Everybody wins. Uh, Pazuzu Pervert. <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah, he is good. He asked, should I cosplay as Freaky Constantina? If you like, yes. You should be on that cosplay show that's on now with Jessica Negri, actually. I saw her on it saying, I like his mustache, and then they just cut. I can't watch that show. It's a good show. A shame. <laughs> There's no need to be ashamed. They, they, Like I was saying, Jessica knows. She meets anyone and assumes they probably have thought about having sex with her, man or woman. And she's just like, that's the way it is. I am in the world where they want sex with me, and I will shake their hand and smile and be friends and not have sex with them. And that's that. Everybody wins. She's neat. Uh, Conrad? Something there for you? Don't want to move on before you've had your chance. Um, no, I'm, I'm good there. Oh, okay, very I have well. a feeling we might see a few mesh tank tops at PAX. I don't think yeah. anyone... I think people play a big game on Twitter. No offense, and I'm not challenging you. Trust me. Uh. <laughs> well, the thing is, I know Thomas Truong's going, and I know he's got a mesh tank top. We've all seen it. It's yeah, yeah and I think he will probably be decked out in it at some point. So There's going to be at least one, and where there is one... There may be many. It'll be interesting. We just uh, don't know what's going to happen at PAX Prime. We, we just don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the max pump. Yeah. Actually, Conrad, while we've got you. Oh God. What the fuck is the 11 a.m. Podtoid thing on Sunday? What? <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, just as long as we're all oh, yes, at the I, same I do, level. No, 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 I do. I do know what that is. Uh, we're going to be on uh, Twitch. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I got, yep. I, I more or less got that right. Are we just recording an episode of Pod Toyed in front of cameras? I think so. Uh, I think that uh, well, Rick Olson, who uh, handles our uh, Detoid TV live streaming channel, uh, he's going to be broadcasting stuff uh, with Twitch all weekend long. Right. Uh, so you can check that stuff out. And uh, so during a segment of that, I think we're going, we're all to appear, um, and that's at uh, 11 a.m. Pacific on. Uh, Sunday. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything else Podswood related we're doing? Uh, I think we're going to try to record the episode, record an episode there, I think. Let me, let me check. Uh, everything got changed up yeah. so many times. Like, I've made several public announcements and then had to rescind them. <laughs> right. So, um, 
Hey. Uh, what am I looking at here? Uh, okay, I we might record something on Sunday night. I don't know. Right. And I can't guarantee. So keep your eyes peeled to Twitter is the best advice I could give you if you're going to be at PAX Prime and you want to know where there might be a live pod toy thing. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, do that. Okay, that sounds good. More question happen. Uh, Mike Eaton, I don't know if anyone will want to answer this. We can try or we can ignore. Mr. Mike Eaton asks, what review do you wish you had a do-over on? Is there any review you've written and thought, man, I wish I could write that over? Not good enough. Probably some. Some? Probably some. Yeah, there are probably some. I, I don't have any that come to mind immediately. Yeah. Uh, I never feel at the end of having written a review that I phoned it in. Or anything like that. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. we are doing Podtoid on Sunday. Oh, you just okay. found out? Uh, I just found out because there's a big post on the Distracto front page that says PAX Podtoid Live. <laughs> oh, you're the worst. I did see that. Um, yeah, arrive think, early yeah. for a special edition of Podtoid Live. Um, that might have changed already, though. I knew that, but I thought that they already changed that. Oh, God. <laughs> Dreams can come true. <laughs> Let, that's going to be the show. We will just sit down, sing Gabrielle's Dreams, and <laughs> tell everyone to fuck off. <laughs> um, but if you... Okay, so... We'll be there anyway, whether we record or not. So if you want to see the pod toy people do things, be at Barboza at 7 p.m. Yes. There. there. Yes. I'll be there. You go. That's the bottom line. See pod toy people engaging in pod toy like activities, which is essentially us sitting around bullshitting. Yep. Mm. That's a bar, pub, house. I don't know what it is, but it's a business. It's called Barboza. It's 925 East Pike Street at 7 p.m. Sunday. So that'll happen. Right. Right. I'm glad we settled that. Yeah. Done. (laughs) Questions to return. Real quick. Amber Allen, who is Aurei, A-O-U-R-A-I, on Twitter, wants to know Jim's thoughts on Mississippi being the most highly trafficked state on Pornhub. I didn't know you could go on Pornhub and check what state is reading or yeah, watching. Yeah, probably Pornhub. all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard it was I heard Mississippi was also the top um, for um, searches, for online searches for gay porn. Really? Yeah, which just doesn't surprise me. Really? Like just, you know, the amount of the amount of uh, bigots and zealots that seem to also enjoy love being hypocrites doesn't surprise me. Um, so yeah, I mean, especially I mean, a state as repressed as this doesn't surprise me. Everyone's shanking it to gratuitous pornography. Hopefully, they'll come out of their shell someday and really be themselves. Yeah, and come into my shell. <laughs> Penises. Peter Shaper, VG Freak, one two two five, an old friend. I don't think we've asked one of his questions in a while. Um, ask is if Bayonetta two is commercially successful, would it be viable for Nintendo to pursue publishing rights for Beautiful Joe three? 
No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I love Beautiful Joe, one of my favorite series ever. Um, no one wants to buy it anymore. That's no one just, on, just on that talk. scale. Yeah, like maybe... And you know what? If the Wonderful 101 came out as some ridiculously massive success, then there would be a chance for another Beautiful Joe game. Yeah, because it is... Though uh, the camera angle is different, the thinking behind uh, the wonderful 101 is pretty similar to Beautiful Joe in a lot of ways. The art but I think we established earlier in this show that that is never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a shame. Beautiful Joe, people got sick of it fast. They, it's one of those ideas, uh, not unlike Teenage Pokemon, according to some people. There's like, oh, that was cool. And then you get uh, two seasons of it. And you're like, okay, I really, I get the point. No more need for this. People just didn't want any more Beautiful Joe uh, after the second game, and I don't think that's changed, unfortunately. Um, I'd love it if they can do it really super cheap. You know, if they can hire one person to make it, and it only costs. What do you them think with the bucks? with yeah. the rise of Xbox Live and PSN and Steam that you know we'd see another Beautiful Joe digitally? But then, of course, you know, Japan isn't always the quickest to uh, adopt those kinds of systems it seems that you know western developers seem to be a lot more into that side of it which is a shame for the case of of games like beautiful joe where i think stuff like that could thrive a lot more digitally Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's possible that will happen but not with capcom and like you said not with uh, japan's uh cultural kind of fear or that's totally the wrong word i just said so it's so racist now there's a a preference for physical product there i think yeah i think it's simple as that it's it's not a negative thing it's just no what they prefer say my words for me there we go i got you out of it too tired it's almost nine o'clock my time i've been awake all day uh so many people from way forward are asking us questions Uh, austin ivan smith asks He's director of DuckTales Remastered. Why is a raven like a writing desk? Jeff Luke, the director of the upcoming regular show Mordecai and Rigby 8-Bit in 8-Bit Land, asks, would you ever host Nick Arcade? And then keep scrolling up. Jeff Luke asks again, did you ever have a Mr. Bucket? Balls popped out of his mouth. Jeff Luke, why are you asking? Mr. Bucket, you put your balls in my toe. Mr. Bucket, the balls pop out of my mouth. Mr. Bucket, I will muddy your parents. Mr. Bucket. Buckets are fun. Oh, muddy your parents? Murder. Yeah, that's what, that's what that's how the song went. Now, Tom Hewlett, uh, who oversaw the Silent Hill series uh, after Team Silent left, is and he's doing the new Adventure Time game, is asking Thundercats or Silverhawks. They keep at they're flooding they're they're still going. Transformers <laughs> or GoBots? Asks <laughs> Smith. Jeff Luke, is your favorite game Lester the Unlikely? Jeff Luke again. Will you fund Combat Tribes Remastered? <laughs> Why are we suddenly being trolled by Way Forward? <laughs> Which was the best Busby game? Asks Austin Ivan Smith. Uh, I don't know. They're going berserk. Adam Tierney uh, is in there. He's directed plenty of games of Way Forward. I, they've well, ruined Oddtoid questions. I can't go on. Sorry. To, to answer Austin Ivan Smith's question, uh, why is a raven like a writing desk? I haven't the slightest idea. Is that a trick answer? Like joke he'll, answer? He'll, he'll know. I like he'll that. Know. Smith. He's a neat guy. Um, before they 
took over Podtoy questions. Paul Drone had asked, do you think Resident Evil or Silent Hill can make a comeback in the next generation? I do. I don't think that those series are, are definitely um, kind of burnt out in the eyes of people. I, think I people don't know about Silent yeah. Hill, because Konami's a piece of shit. Well, but Konami, as you know, big company, new people could be hired, could be, um, you know, they, they might have a stroke of inspiration and hire the people who did Amnesia and give them a ton of money to, to work on something. Anything's possible. Um, I don't think it'll ever live up to... I think, like, with Legend of Zelda, there are certain people who just think Ocarina of Time is the best unless they get that exact feeling from a new Zelda game. Forget it. Silent Hills, same way with Silent Hill 2. There's some people that want that exact feeling. If they don't get it, they're going to be disappointed. With Resident Evil, it's Resident Evil 2 and 4. People want that exact thing if they don't get it. So there's always fans that are going to be disappointed. But I, I still think that those series resonate with people in a way that people have hopes and and believe that they can enjoy them still. So I think they have a chance. I don't think Resident Evil's done. I think Capcom, I think their next moves are going to be a a Devil May Cry, like a proper Devil May Cry, and a proper Resident Evil, in in proper in quotation marks. Masks? Marks. Um, You know, they are... Both of those series have now had really maligned installments, the PR table is theirs to feast on mm. with, you know, a back to the roots devil may cry and a, you know, horror is back resident evil kind of thing. Uh, and I, I see them doing that with silent hill. I just see Konami pottering about clueless as usual. <laughs> they, I think they reached out to us to like team up with destructoid on stuff. So maybe they've wised up. No, they just keep forgetting. They keep forgetting who's on their blacklist. Which is fine. They can, you know, do that. So long as I keep my mouth shut. Um, and don't send them emails saying, Hey, you fucking idiots can't even blacklist right. Um, it'll Have be you ever awesome. sent an email like that? No. No. Not to Konami, anyway. Directly. I have to go, guys. It's uh, almost sleep time. I still have to drive out to try to get Killers Dead, too, maybe. Yeah, I've got to go and get myself prepared for the flight and stuff. One last question from Austin Ivan Smith. He's still going. Oh, Director of DuckTales Remastered, guys. Who's hotter, Chitara from Thundercats or Cleo from Heathcliff? Who is just, <laughs> I think, looks like Heathcliff with a bow in her hair, basically. I think so. Uh, I'm mixing her up with uh, that other cat who's like way got way too human like body shapes who hangs around with that other cat who's not Heathcliff who took up half the show. Do you remember him? I vaguely remember him, yeah. yeah like a hat and a cane. He always struck me as somewhat skeevy. Mm, yeah. Like, you know, he was going to attack you physically right. and intimately. <laughs> we won't answer that question. Uh, I do have a question for Conrad, though. Last I heard via Conrad's Twitter, I wasn't sure if the rerun of Subhomes with Jake Vert Kaufman survived. It survived. The rerun survived? It survived. It hasn't been uploaded yet, but it, it has survived. I am so, happy to hear that. I, yes. uh, I was talking to Jim about it before you came on the show, Conrad, but I was really impressed with, with Jake on every level. And I was more so than than most confident that Podtoid listeners specifically would like Jake a lot. He would fit right in on this show. 
Um, I told Jim already about how he used the sound effects of his balls, his dog's balls getting licked in actual video games and just didn't tell the the client that he did that. He's a special guy. You should listen to that rerun. You should watch it too. I'm so tired. Detroit TV on YouTube. On uh, iTunes. Just look up Sub Holmes. Jake Vert, Kaufman. And we're not doing a show this Sunday. But the following Sunday we'll have Matt Bozon on from uh, the director of Way Forward. I wonder if he knows his employees are asking us <laughs> questions. Probably not. Uh, Matt, I don't think, listens to the show, but several Way Forward people do, so that's great. And that's all I'm doing. How about you guys? Uh, well, Jordan and I have been uh, continuing on with the Daily Spelunk. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've had uh, <coughs> some trials and tribulations. Uh, the other day, though, I made it all the way to Olmec, which is very unusual for me, so that was uh, pretty exciting. So you can check those out on the Detroit TV or Detroit YouTube channel. Uh, we also just posted a video review for uh, Rayman Legends, along with the full review that Jim wrote, um, which I think turned out pretty good. Oh, you can go and check that I'm out on Destructoid. Sorry, I got the capture late on that. This week has just been. <laughs> you don't dumb. don't have to tell me, man. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm so I got so angry at Pax existing part of the time this week with the amount yeah. of rushing um and then um oh that's pretty much it i mean we're gonna be at pax doing stuff so you, you want to uh come by and say hello if you're in the area um but but you know leave the knife and um yeah that's it for me okay um what have i done over on escapistmagazine.com over at the escapist my new gymquisition is up uh, this one's called time to get paid it's uh, mostly about Payday 2, but the thing everyone's talking about is the fact that I duct-taped a bad dragon, dragon-tongue dildo to my face and um, used it to nosh off miniature fantasy Willem Dafoe and did a lot of other stuff to the DuckTales NES. There was a bit of a like Hannibal Lecter, like uh, insane asylum face mask thing going on there with the rig you had set up to attach this thing to the map. It came off a lot more fucked up than I thought it would, which I was pleased with. Um, <laughs> so you can definitely look at that if you want to see me uh, get interesting with a dildo. Um, what else? Uh, still escape is Your wide. neighbors must... I'm sorry, your neighbors must... <laughs> like... <laughs> I have no idea how, you know, whether I've been spotted. The trash collectors came seconds after I just got done. That would have been an interesting conversation. Um, yeah, but that's fun. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, also, this week on The Escapist, poetry rhymed down with Jim and Yahtzee. He did a poem about Castlevania, and I did a poem about Salty Bet, which I've become obsessed with. And I was going to talk about it on Podtoid, but I want to talk about it when we're together. Oh, because because be we'll be around the community and Salty Bet is so community laden. I think people will enjoy us talking oh, sure. about that at PAX. Um, so that's happened. Rhyme down spectacular. Also this week, um, which I had to fucking rush to get it done. But while I'm up in the air flying towards Seattle, uh, the Escapist will update with Movie Defense Force, uh, which this week, fittingly, I'm defending and reviewing Daredevil, starring Ben Affleck. Uh, so that's good. Over on Destructoid, I haven't done that much. Uh, had no time this week for now bloody playing or anything. But I do have that review of Rayman Legends up. Uh, you can see that. I, I really wanted to review the Wii U version. I'm sorry, it's the 360 version. 
uh, but that's the only version I got sent, even though I requested and said I was, I was told I was going to get a Wii U version, but there you go. And, um, you know, that's why I didn't use a D-pad, for those asking why. Uh, so that's up. Uh, I think that's all I did on Destructoid this week. Uh, but like the other guys, I'll be there at PAX Prime. We will be doing Podtoid things at PAX Prime. We will be doing other things at PAX Prime. I may be at the Escapist movie night Saturday evening. Maybe. I don't know yet. Um, but we'll be around. Say hello. Uh, if you see Jonathan Holmes, tell him he's a lovely boy. And we'll see you there. And if you're not there, we will see you at another time on the internet. Bye.